So this podcast is presented in part by Layout Gloves. We use Layout Gloves when it's cold, when it's wet, when the weather's bad. It really helps us with catching and throwing the disc effectively. We're also sponsored by uh, Kiko Socks that are um, ultimate specific socks um, for ultimate players. I'm Eileen Murray from New York Gridlock Ultimate. I'm Sadie Dzerski from Columbus Pride. Welcome to the Premier Ultimate League podcast, or Pulp. This is season one, episode six. And I am here with Sadie from Columbus Pride. And we thought it would be fun to have two people from opposing teams for games this weekend uh, do the podcast this week. So thanks for joining me, Sadie. Yeah, of course. Uh, so this is pretty fun. I mean, we're one of three games this weekend. The other two are featuring our opponent Revolution, who's coming up from Columbia this week, and they're gonna be playing Atlanta on Saturday and Raleigh on Sunday. So people are gonna have a lot of fun going back and forth between our game up here in New York and the Atlanta Revolution game down in Atlanta. Um, the Atlanta game starts at seven and our game starts at 7.30. So hopefully people switch back and forth or maybe have two screens going at the same time, which would be super fun. Yeah, I know people have done that in the past. Yeah. Um, so are you excited to come? Yeah, actually, I'm um, unfortunately not able to make the trip. Uh, I actually have to graduate on Sunday. So um, it's it was tough to not be able to come because I um, being from New Jersey on your team, but um, Columbus Pride is ready to come out there and show you what we got. Well, congratulations on your graduation. Are you going to move Thank back you. to New Jersey? Um, everything's up in the air right now. I don't know what's happening with my future. Well, keep my uh, number. So if you do move back, <laughs> we'll get you for next season. Because there's another New York transplant over in Columbus right now, Martha Gregory. Uh, how's, it, how's it been having her on the Pride this year? Um, it's awesome. I mean, she brings an enthusiasm that I don't think any of us can really match. Um, her commitment level is amazing considering she spends half her time in New York and half her time in, um, Ohio. And she really makes the, she makes like an hour and a half drive to come to practices or, um, just come to pick up with us, um, which is amazing to have and kind of shows how much dedication people on this team are willing to put in. That is so great. So how like what how big is the geographic area from which you're drawing? Um, so we have about five or six players from Cleveland um, area. So it's about two hours away from Columbus. Um, Martha is kind of driving on her own hour and a half north versus north uh, east where Cleveland is. Um, and then most of our like contingent actually is from the Columbus area, um, whether it be Ohio State or um, case people who've come from up from Cleveland and move down for jobs or uh, what have you. So we're pretty localized in Columbus. We just do have a couple uh, transplants coming from other cities. Wow, that's amazing. That's similar to Indianapolis Red, I feel like. Mm -hmm. They're drawing from a pretty big area, but we are too. I mean, we have players from Philadelphia, um, Connecticut, Albany, New York, New Jersey, the city. We have one player who lives in Maryland. So I do think it really shows a great commitment to the league that people are willing to travel so far to participate. Yeah. It, I mean, it's awesome to kind of, I feel like Ohio and the Midwest has a, not as high of a reputation as a lot of the other big cities. So pulling from other cities just from Ohio kind of allows us to bring our level of competition way up. 
That's amazing. And what's also been amazing was how quickly you were able to put this together. You were the last team to enter the league, and it was really, really last minute. So I was wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about that process. Yeah, so um, four of us, me, Mary Turner, uh, Corinne Pruitt, and Emily Steeman actually got together when the initial league was announced and you guys were accepting uh, applicants. And we were kind of toying with the idea of creating a team and seeing what like that would entail. Um, and a couple months went by and we were still toying with the idea of filling out the application kind of loosely. Um, and then as the deadline kind of approached, we were curious about it. And we were expecting to really not be accepted into the league just because such a short timeline. We didn't have a lot of things organized like stadiums and stuff like that. Um, but luckily we were able to be accepted and kind of have been, it's been a huge learning experience for us, just how to run a business, what everything entails, how to communicate effectively with everyone else. Um, and a lot of hard work, not just from the core four people who created this team, but from the greater community, whether it be fundraising or um, just volunteering in general. That's great. So do you have a set stadium, just one place you're going to be playing your games? Yeah, we um, actually just signed on to, um, there's a place called Fortress Obets, which um, is our home stadium for the year. They host a lot of flag football and high school um, events, and they're relatively new to the Columbus community. Um, it's actually 20 minutes south of Columbus, but uh, we're really excited to be able to play there. Oh, that's amazing. So when I, um, I did go out to Worlds when it was in Ohio um, this past time, and I was really impressed with the amount of volunteers that the community had and just that organization of the community in general. Have the, yeah. So you say they've been super helpful? Yeah, I process? mean, between um, our local organization that was able to kind of help us get the uh, hit the ground running with money, and um, we have another sponsor, Oshadega, that kind of allows us he, he has so much um, experience just like filling tournaments with volunteers that he's been able to help us in that regard. Also with, with observers, um, a lot of people just seem to have a lot of experience that we didn't really have or know that we needed um, that have really like lended a hand in big ways. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I mean, having, I think that's one of the biggest things that we've also been impressed with in our community, just the just like the outpouring of support and love we feel like we're getting from so many different groups of people to support us because like, as you found out, it takes like a small army to get these things done. We just had our first home game and it was, it like went by so quickly. I can like barely remember what happened, but it was yeah. the amount of people we had there helping and working with us was just, it just made me feel so grateful. Yeah. It's amazing that like so much hard work can go into two hours. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like a whole tournament. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so I was wondering if you could um, talk a little bit about, you know, so as the four of you formed the team and you started to think about it and stuff, one of the things that I've been personally very interested in um, around Ultimate Frisbee in general and then with this league in particular is the coach, the coaches that are mm -hmm. present. Um, and in the last podcast I did with Maddie, we talked a little bit about this um, imbalance of how many coaches there are that are, are men versus women, if, if we think along the binary. So a, a couple of years ago, I had gotten some information from the USAU, and it was about a quarter of their coach-level members 
were women. And so that's like a, that's a pretty big difference right there. I'm but, curious to see yeah. if that's changed with like the safe sport training and the different way that they're doing it. So I'm going to redo that, um, re refine that data. But I was wondering like, how, how are y'all been doing in terms of, you know, selecting your coach and finding your coach and, you know, trying to help women get into positions of leadership? Yeah. So, um, we, I mean, with, giant programs like Ohio State Fever, like Case, Western, Govies up in Cleveland, um, and just like the smaller D3 schools like Oberlin um, and Ohio Wesleyan. We were trying to find a coach that would give us the availability and time that we needed to like create a successful team. So um, that's kind of how we initially landed on our coach, Ben Sever. Um, we reached out to like those female coaches to be still part of our process in terms of tryouts and um, we actually are having Deanna Ball and another uh, female representative, Mac, Mac, um, be our commentators for each game. So um, we still are really trying to get female people involved in whether it be leadership or um, just our process in general. But um, landing on our coach, while we would have loved to have a female coach, um, Sever kind of allows us to be like the team that we want to be. He understands us. He um, supports women in general, and he's like played on Columbus Cocktails, which a number of us have played on. So he understands kind of how the women's game works and respects what we're doing here. That's amazing. It's so good that you have an ally like that in the community that was available, you know, to jump in <laughs> in such short notice and be dedicated to the team. That's really lucky. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're really lucky. Um, I'm really happy to have him uh, on board with us. And I mean, we're happy to have all of our um, female like leadership members and people who are willing to help us um, be involved as well. That's great. So um, I was wondering if, um, so we, we had a couple of games this past weekend, a couple of games this weekend. Actually, this weekend is Raleigh's home opener, which is really big. We had our home opener last week. Now Raleigh's, Raleigh's having their home opener. Revolution's coming. Soul and Torch had their game Saturday. Like things seem to be really moving. I'm wondering if you've had an opportunity to watch any of the games and if there's, like, is there anything interesting or any people that you were like psyched to see or watch? Yeah, uh, I mean, these games? I was able to, um, I watched a lot of the indie um, New York game, actually. I was trying to see where my friends were at, um, see where you guys were headed beyond uh, Columbus Pride. You guys are my faves, I would say. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, like a lot of it really is, I'm kind of speechless by it all. It all seems so professional. It all seems so put well, uh, well put together. And it's kind of amazing to me that um, the core people that like created this league were able to put together this amazing product. Um, like the fact we have commentators for all the streams that all the, um, streams are at a good angle able to show people show people's skills um and kind of replay those is amazing to me um i was really excited to watch uh amy zhao on gridlock um along with austin prutra on indie red um those are two players that i've kind of i've always like loved watching just kind of in the club scene and to see them in a professional setting playing people that they don't necessarily play with normally um, oh, I think I lost you for a second. 
Oh, didn't and wasn't it? Uh, wasn't that one of the highlights? The D highlight. Uh, <laughs> yeah. she, she she got on Amy. Yeah. Well, you know, that's not great. But <laughs> uh, it wasn't great for us. But it was an amazing play. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, you got it. You got to give credit where credit's due. Yeah. <laughs> It was funny because when it was posted on Instagram, Amy commented, she said, nothing to see here. Keep scrolling. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, I I agree. I think the products have been really nice. And just to see this happening, I mean, I I do think that in general, there's been more media around Women's Ultimate because of really intentional steps people have been taking, you know, like through Fulcrum um, and people you know, in Seattle, who've been working really hard and raising visibility, but you know, they're definitely good pockets, but just have this new product come out. Just, it makes me so happy. It's really fun to see. And I do like the fact that we have people from different club teams on the same team. Yeah, I know. (laughs) That is really fun. Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of us, I mean, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm just speaking for myself here, but I, I didn't really know what to expect going into the season in terms of streams and, um, how great they would look but I've been really impressed by it all. Yeah, that's really nice. Um, have you, did you see any of the Soul Torch game? I, I saw like little tiny bits of it, especially with the highlights, seeing Julia Schmaltz kill it as usual. But um, of course, yeah, I mean, she's <laughs> awesome. But uh, I actually haven't really had the time. I just finished up finals and everything. So I've been trying to kind of catch up on my rest of my life. Yeah. No, I know. Well, yeah. And you're graduating. You gotta, gotta, that's a pretty big deal right there. So there was an interesting thing that happened. Um, and so one thing, one segment that we've had in this podcast before is don't judge, but I don't get it. Don't judge me, but I don't get it. And this segment is, you know, a judgment free zone for us to address questions or issues that, you know, maybe sticky and, but that people are interested in. And so one of the things that happened in the Soul Torch game this past weekend is that one of the commentators compared one of the Soul players to a male ultimate player. And I've heard this happen before in other commentating with, with, in other like club or college games and things like that. And so I know that makes some people bristle, right? So like, why are you comparing a female athlete to a male athlete? And is that okay? And, you know, was it, was, was that an appropriate thing to do? I'm wondering if you've ever thought about that before, if you've ever heard a commentator comparing a female athlete to a male athlete and and what you think about that? Yeah. I mean, just kind of um, opening it up a little little more I, I i always take the approach that the women's game and the men's game are completely separate entities mm-hmm. um i just think while like i just think women take a little more finesse not to like drag the men's game at all but i just think women kind of tend to put a little more thoughtfulness into what they're doing on the field um kind of trying to finesse their way to like throws or catches or throwing people open versus I feel like a lot of men can get away with just like being brute athletes, kind of putting their bodies on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, so in regards to like comparing like women and male athletes, I mean, I do think it is a little bit belitt- belittling to the women athlete. Cause I think um, it's unfair to compare the two since they're such different games. Um, but I think, as long as the player who was compared to the male player isn't as um, offended by it, then maybe it could be okay. But I still feel like don't don't try to 
be like, oh, it can be this male player instead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I, the commentator who happened to make this comment was male. So I also think about what is their knowledge, right? Who do they know? And they might actually know more male athletes. And so that's the person that comes to mind. Uh, so, right. but I would also say that I, I would, I would hope that as this league continues and as we have more of these games, that when we have commentators that they maybe do some homework on. So who are the big names in the women's game? Like right. who might I be able to compare these people to? But I think that's part of the reason we have this league. Right. So that these names are more, like, <laughs> more you know, accessible to people yeah. who are talking about ultimate. It's, it's all about visibility, right? Yep. <laughs> exactly. So maybe the next time, you know, instead of using male athlete, they use somebody else in, in pull, for example, yeah. which would be amazing. But I agree too. I mean, I don't know if Robin was offended or not. I haven't, you know, spoken to her. It was just something that kind of made me think like, huh, because it, it has happened before and oh, it yeah. happens in other sports too. Oh yeah. Um, and I get when you say about the belittling, you know, when they say, you know, when I, there was this long thing on Twitter recently where it was like this, this male person on Twitter was like challenging a professional woman's basketball player to like one-on-one. -on -one. And she was like, really, man? Like, it was just, <laughs> it's just like this weird yeah. thing about, like you said, what's the difference between male and female athletes and this kind of societal idea that like men's is better or men's is more athletic or something right. like that. Yeah. And it's just not, I mean, I, I just take the approach that that's just not the case at all. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, so we're on, on a slow march to the playoffs. And I did definitely want to, for our listeners, clarify the playoff structure a little bit. So what's going to be happening is we have um, a ranking system in place. So as teams play throughout the season, we're going to then put in all of our results into this magic algorithm that I'm not going to pretend I know anything about. <laughs> and we're going to then rank the eight teams. The top four teams will then be invited to playoff weekend, which is the last weekend in June. And that's going to be hosted in Atlanta. My understanding of it right now is that our, the first games will be played on Friday night and then the finals will be played on Saturday. And so on Friday night, the first ranked team will play four, two will play three, and then the winners will then play again on Saturday. Um, I actually was thinking that no matter what, I would take my family and go just because I think this is like a historic event. I was wondering if you had even thought that far in the future. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I haven't even thought that far. The, that weekend is uh, in the event Columbus Pride is able to go. However, um, I think the weekend in general, I mean, I can't imagine myself really not becoming a, like being a part of it, even if we weren't able to go, but um, life hits you fast sometimes. <laughs> I know. I know. I kind of have to plan a little bit farther in advance because I have to bring a family of four. So yeah that does I take a little the, bit more <laughs> it takes a little bit more i haven't told my kids this yet they they kind of are ultimated out um they did show up to my home opener and then i asked them if they watched the game and they said no they were playing soccer on the side good good yeah <laughs> yeah which was awesome that's amazing uh so who so i, I know you said we were sec your second favorite team but um I know you can't come to the game. So are you excited for any other games? You know, if you have any I, anticipation or anything like that? I'm I'm honestly really excited for Watch Revolution kind of take all these teams by storm. We actually play them next Friday. Um, they're coming up to us next week. Awesome. We're um, having 
them on Thursday night. We're playing them Friday night, um, hanging out with them. And I think in general, like myself, I'm definitely excited to watch them play, but also kind of get to know them. I, everyone hears about revolution. Everyone hears about how amazing they are as a team, um, their culture and everything. And I think that's something really rare that teams and players don't really get a chance to, um, experience. So, um, we're really excited to just host them and see what they're all about. Wait, I, wait, I lost you again. Could you say that again? So you said players don't get a chance to, Oh, uh, we just don't get a chance to really experience that international competition, get to know people, um, and really play one of the best teams in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch, did you wind up watching their first game against the soul that took place yeah. at TEP? Insane. <laughs> yeah. Insane place. I feel like what I've what I've been um, really impressed by is like just how quickly all the games that I've been watching. I feel like the pace of the game has been nice, where people are really pushing the pace, and I like the way that Revolution plays the deep game. You know, they're really working to open up space and then and then move it downfield. But I feel like your team does that well, also. <laughs> yeah, we definitely love our deep shots. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I think international play just has a completely different style than like most of the United States. Um, it seems like, um, a lot of like domestic play seems to be very like to the T like, Oh, this is a host stack. We're making space for each other. Whereas I feel like a lot of, um, international play really is just you guys, they're throwing to the space and they just know, like, it's just that chemistry that's innate and it's amazing to watch. Well, I feel like they've been playing together for, oh even though they're so young, they've been playing together for like six years I, or something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, something like that. Something insane. I mean, I think they started when they were toddlers. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, that's where a lot of it, a lot of it's headed that way. Wait, yes, that's true. Yeah, my son, who's 11, is on his first Ultimate Team. Yeah, I mean, I started when I was 10. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. So one thing that I've um, reflected on, so I've been playing, I started playing Ultimate in 1990, I don't know, three or whatever. And so, but I started when I was 21. And so I played until I was around 36. But now I feel like it's shifting down a bit. I feel like people mm -hmm. are starting. If you start at 10, do you think you could make it to 36? Or do you think you're going to end earlier? I'll be honest with you. I don't really know. <laughs> I, I've, uh, I've had one ACL repair um my body is just kind of pushing its limits for sure but i mean i think while like my body's pushing its limits and while it's been kind of insane to been playing this long i think it kind of allows you to become a smarter player which is amazing mm -hmm. that helps me as a younger player you know um i think a lot of younger players don't really get that experience because you can really only get that from playing so long um and that's really helped my game. And I think a lot of people who who start that young um, can attest to that as well. So when you say it, it helps to, so, you know, if you start older, you don't get the like mechanics down as easily. And so it's harder on your body. Is that what you mean? No, I kind of mean more like, um, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I, it's hard to explain because it's just kind of like how I am as a player now. Um, but I feel like a lot of it is just like, I see spaces and I can, um, I just, I feel like I can finesse my way to like making open throws or things like that. And I feel like it just kind of, like it's more field vision if anything. Right. right? right. And that's kind of like where your brain helps you on the field versus just your body kind of throwing it around. <laughs> right. 
No, that totally makes, yeah, that totally makes sense. Are you doing the like strive and uplift stuff or how are you doing your fitness? Uh, no, we have our, we have our own, uh, fever has our own like lifting program, um, that we've been oh, following. Okay. So I've kind of been, um, that just because didn't want to disrupt what that's been doing. <laughs> yeah. I think what's going to be really interesting as this league moves forward is so one of the, one of the learning curves for men's professional was that players needed to, to figure out how they could play multiple seasons in a row. So I know college and club have been doing that for a while, but add the professional season onto it and the different demands on your body that a match format has versus like a tournament format has been interesting. And so I feel like strive and uplift and game point performance and um, real performance, like they're all starting to really think about how do we help people stay healthy through these multiple seasons? And so I wonder in what ways that is that going to like impact ultimate training, training in general? Yeah, it'll be awesome. It's definitely more of a longevity thing. I feel like, well, this has been super fun. I don't know. Do you have any questions for me or I don't know if there's anything else we should chat about. Um, I mean, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I know your brain's probably just like finals, graduation, finals, graduation. <laughs> yeah. Luckily I'm done with finals. Just got to get to the stage and hopefully not trip. Yeah. Or, or trip. And that would be awesome too. And that's, yeah, <laughs> I'll own it. That's so good. Well, thank you so much. I really yeah, appreciate it. I'm sorry we won't see you this weekend, but hopefully we'll see you down in Atlanta at the end of June. That's the plan, fun. right? <laughs> yes, that is the plan. That'd be awesome. All right, well, great. So this has been episode six of season one of the Pulp or Premier Ultimate League podcast. Uh, see you next time. Yeah.